Okay, good afternoon, guys. This is uh, Wealth is Health and uh, our podcast. Today, we've still got Dr. Rudy Bosch, Dr. Sean McQueen, and I'm Will Green. So, yeah, guys, and that's actually got a quite a nice little, nice little uh, this is Ryan there. Will Green and McQueen. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, yeah, so we, we're going to just have a, a very sort of informal chat about what we've learned, what we've read, um, you know, in, in online and, and videos we've seen and books we've read relating to health and longevity. And um, yeah, who wants to kick off? I think, Sean, um, you were talking about uh, nutrigenetics and and some some um feedback that you've had with with one of our um sort of patients and 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 how that's um you know turned out yeah thanks well um let's uh so nutrigenetics so nutrigenetics let's just start with some definitions i think so nutrigenetics refers to how you interact with Food, micronutrients and macronutrients. Yeah. So everybody has a different reaction to different foods, and that's that's uh, nutrigenetics. And then there's nutrigenomics, which okay. is more how food interacts with your genes, how they actually work onto the, um, how they can switch on or switch off genes. Okay. Sure. Okay. So to touch on that, so we've got epigenetic regions in genes. So you get your genes from. You inherit your genes, yeah. like your DNA, and it's a little bit like a, like the lotto. So yes. You might get some good genes, you might get some bad genes, and most of the time you've got a mix of them. Yes. Um, but if you have some bad genes, it's not necessary that they switch on. Okay. okay. And there's certain environmental effects and food micro and macronutrients that can switch them on or off. Yes. Okay. So that's where the nutrigenetics come into play. So yeah. So if you know what food or substances might switch on a bad gene or not, then you can, if through your diet, actually affect your long-term outcome. Yes. And um, has this got like, so you get lactose intolerant people, is that, is that a form of that? Or? Yes, so, so the, you, you can test for that. Um, another simple example is coffee, for example. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's, there's you a, get a lot of people like <laughs> sighing now and just <laughs> wanting to know that I, I, I've got the gene where coffee's okay. <laughs> exactly. There's many studies done on coffee and then some of them initially said, no, coffee is not so good for you. And some of them say coffee is very good for you. Yeah. And I think it's because there's a, some people's got the gene that affects the metabolism of coffee. coffee. Yes. Um, and what's it, 22% of people's got the gene that slow metabolizes. It's a, yeah. it's a CYP1A2 gene. Related okay. to that, so, um, and then 78% of the people's fast metabolizers. So if you are a slow metabolizer, then then yeah. coffee is actually not so good for you. So if you have like more two or more cups a day, then long term you will have anxiety, uh, hypertension, and cardiac disease. Oh wow, sure. Um, but if you're a fast metabolizer, then then it's shown that two to four cups is, is actually to your benefit. Yeah. So, so with regards to the genetic test that you've done for patients, what are the what are the interesting things that have come through, and and how can you kind of uh, obviously with diet change that, but what what other things can you do to help people? Well, I, th- I think the field is still very young, um, and it's 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 growing. Um, yeah. 
and so so your genes won't change yeah okay but data change so you need to gather data to know the expression of the gene what you know in clinical how do you actually apply to clinical practice yes and as time goes along we learn more we get more data and more studies is done and we can apply it to certain patients so we've mm. started doing the genetic testing the nutrient genetic testing and it's we've done it on patients that we know their medical history yes and then if we compare the genetics that we get back now the results we can see that there's definitely you know, you can see this one on the genetics is going to become a diabetic, and we see now they're already diabetic. So oh, wow. Had, so if we had that information yeah. long ago, we might have changed some, you know, stuff. Yeah. Look at their diet, you know, make yes. sure, get them on an intermittent fasting program, things like that, that can make a huge difference. Yeah. Not becoming a diabetic, that's, that's one example. Yeah. Um, if I can maybe interject here, um, both me and my wife have done the tests, the genetic tests, and it's clear in, in, in our iron metabolism that my iron metabolism is absolutely fine, yeah. um, whereas hers is a problem. And we've been going through our iron tests, laboratory tests, which shows my iron is absolutely not a problem, and we both have the same diet, we eat the same every day. Wow. Where hers is an absolute problem. If she doesn't supplement, it just goes yeah and um she uh, at the moment i mean the, the problem with iron is how much you get so that actually uh, is the same for us and then there's the metabolism and do you lose so yeah and at the moment i mean uh, she doesn't lose more than me um and so w we've seen that uh, fitting your genes to what is happening in the laboratory and in our bodies mm. actually is true. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's the iron. And yeah. then, um, as and, Sean and said. I, and I think that's the crucial part. It's in that's, you know, consumer based nutrient genetics versus doing nutrient genetics and actually use that data correlated with the clinical picture. Yes. Do lab tests confirm certain things like vitamin D. You might, we, we might pick up on, on the nutrient genetics that you've got the the gene pathway for, for transport of vitamin D might be affected. Yes. So we need to test that then yeah. with a lab test to so, confirm so, your levels and then apply that and, and treat it. So, so I, think, I think the key take out for me, just kind of um, sort of interpreting what you guys are saying is that the first thing is you need to test to see like what you are and and also your maybe partner so because essentially then you could then it's certain things from a dietary perspective as well as from a supplemental perspective i think the second thing that i'm also hearing is that it's incredibly complicated <laughs> so you actually need someone who's done the reading and to basically interpret it for you so that you know what to do next and what to avoid and and so forth um, and then finally, just, um, you know, that, that with genetic testing, with specific nutrigen genetics, you know, you, you only have to do it once. And then once you've had it done, then you kind of can know, you know, if you're out and about, you know, that a certain food won't respond, will, will respond not so well for you because you, you're a slow metabolizer of it or, or yeah. yeah, I think that point number three, I think we need to touch on a little bit because there's a lot of genetics being done and people are given these reports, but it's actually not, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, interpreted yes. for you. Yeah. 
and then you don't know. You get this report to say that vitamin D is a problem, but everyone still gives a blanket dose of 5,000 units every week uh, low, and no one has really got an idea where you are. Do they test? Do they test again, or is it yeah. just next year we'll do a test again with your 5,000 units? And like iron, yeah, a too low vitamin D is bad, but a too high vitamin D could be worse. Yes. So you want to know that you're getting what what you should be getting. So and and, and I think that's uh, what between me and Sean clinically we want to be giving advice that's that's proven that we've researched really well yeah. and that we actually give you advice better that you can get in a medical textbook now because the medical textbooks haven't got genes in them yet. Yeah. I mean, if, if you go and search, I mean, some people will tell you it's quackery, but yeah. we are now trying to fit the laboratory test to certain things that we will change for you. And I mean, if, uh, it's just new things like glutathione, liposomal glutathione. I mean, people yeah. listening to this probably would have never heard of that word. Yeah, yeah. It's new words that's yeah. not even in a, in a medical textbook yet that we want to be able to give someone the option, like myself, I haven't got the gene that, that puts together the, the four amino, uh, amino acids to make glutathione, yeah. so give it as a liposomal. Yeah. Um, and I think, also, you know, I think the days where you go to the pharmacy and you can stand in front of the um, supplement um, uh, display and you, you yeah. have a look at them. You don't know what to buy, what's yeah. going on. Do you need it? That's the first question you should ask. So what we're also doing is we we do the test, the nutrigenetic test. Then we get the dietitian in. Yeah. Okay. We work out a diet according to that. Okay. Yes. Working on the assumption that you will follow because obviously if we can get most of our stuff out of the diet that would be the best way to yes it. unless you've got a specific problem where you can't absorb the vitamin or micronutrient then uh, then it needs to be um, given through an IV infusion or something but we try and get most of the nutrients through the food yeah and then we sit down with the patient and said listen this diet would you be able to follow this 100% of the time yeah 70% of the time yeah. and then we advise the supplementation on that yes okay so we'll do a supplementation on certain things and not all the the vitamins the ones that we have identified as probably problem vitamins and the yes. ones that we've tested especially like the vitamin d and the iron yes do we need to do something about that and then we've picked vitamin up a couple of pieces of vitamin b12 is quite often we pick up that there's issues of vitamin yes. b12 and, and, and interesting the guys that that we um correct the vitamin b12 they just feel wonderful yeah afterwards. you know they energize they feel good yeah and, and, and in, yeah. In, in, in our view now it's it's the rebirth of the dietitian i mean we work yeah. with a dietitian that's really clued up with this as well and to give back that you for most of the things you can fix with the diet yeah. but if you can't then there's obviously supplements and there are new ways of supplementation that's that's not known out there yet. And if you can't get it through supplementation, then we've actually got IV root now as well. So yes. I mean, it's, 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 it's like the Myers copter. Somebody, right. Some people called it, what, what, what was that one, um, snake oil, I think yeah, they yeah. called it. <laughs> if, if, you go, if you go into Wikipedia and you, you, you look at Myers, they, they, someone who, who's, who authored that page obviously um, had a certain opinion, but they, they called it uh, snake oil. Yeah. But, so, so, yeah. so the question initially when we started out is, 
you give someone a vitamin infusion okay, and they, they feel wonderful afterwards yeah. and you think, is it a placebo effect? Yeah. Or not? Yeah. But now what we've noticed is doing the nutrigenetic testing, we, we, we've noticed that the guys that's low, that, that's low on the B12 or there's a problem with the B12 or, yes. or one of the other vitamins, they're the guys that actually get that wow response. Yes. So we can now slowly connect it to you and say, it's not necessarily a placebo effect. These guys have actually shown on their nutrigenetics to be low. Yeah. So what, what, what I love about this is that you're kind of hearing the journey of Wellspring, you know, in a kind of an oral kind of podcast form because initially we started Wellspring, you know, for, for infusions of vitamins, of medical in, infusions for, for those patients that need it, i.e. like iron for, for someone who might be having a hip, um, hip, hip replacement and, and obviously needs less blood in the operation um, to obviously um, athletes like mountain bikers and trail runners who, who need to kind of perform at their best for, for events and also not to get sick because they've invested all this time and money into certain key events like the Cape, Cape, Absa Cape Epic. And, and also what we're seeing is, is obviously there were a lot of question marks. So it's like science. This is effectively science and, and I obviously studied science and that's why I love this field because you, you, you've got a hypothesis and you test something and then you get data back and then you can disprove that hypothesis and basically come up with a, the next hypothesis. And here you had you know the IVs and there were certain patients that responded differently. Then we've got the nutrigenetics to test whether or not why they responded to that. And also whether, I think the key thing for, for the listeners to, to hear is that everything that we advise, we've tested on ourselves. You know, and I think, and at this, that's the one thing. And the second thing is that we're constantly closing the loop. So if you are getting a, a test, there's going to be a report and then um, advice on what the next steps are. And I think that's what's missing because in, in general sort of health um, or med medical care, you know, you only go to the doctor if you're sick and there's not this proactive approach of managing what we all agree is probably the most the most you know valuable thing that any human has is their health um, you can ask any you know billionaire like if you'd rather what do we say if you were a 95 year old billionaire or trillionaire with bad health or a 45 year old sort of average joe with his health and family what would what would what would you pick and uh, <laughs> i think that's a good analogy yeah so um i think i think that's it for now i think the next podcast will chat about vitamin d um, and and how important that is. It's it's obviously uh, coming into summer here in South Africa. I don't know where you are in the world listening to this, but um, we all are the same. And uh, vitamin D is one of those key uh, vitamins that that or is it a vitamin? That's another question. <laughs> it is actually a, a hormone that acts as a vitamin. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll keep that as a little teaser for the next episode. But uh, thanks for your time listening to this. And uh, like we always say, wealth is health. So look after your wealth, look after your health. Thanks, guys, and uh, thanks, thanks for listening. Thanks, oh, thanks you. as well. Cheers.